Okay, so I'm going to assume that we're live. <clears throat> we should be live right now. It's being kind of weird. It's being slow with the notification. There it is. That's weird. Okay, so we're up. Let me get the audio. It's being slow with the notification. That's a very there weird echo. Okay, so we're up. Let me get the audio. Some really weird echo going on here. I'm gonna try to fix it real quick, everybody. What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna turn mine down a bit. Hopefully that helps. Can everyone see and hear us? Can everyone see? Okay. Sounds good enough. All right. Sorry about that. Welcome to the Average Intelligence Podcast. If you're joining us from the Down the Middle podcast that we just ended, welcome. And if you're not joining us from that podcast, welcome to. I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> but we just gave our WrestleMania predictions on the other podcast. And on this one, as soon as Ben's done gloating, about his championship that he's still not letting go. Uh, no, I'll, 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 I'll put it out. I'll put it out. I get commissioner. Still here. Yep. Since I'm on, since I'm on your guys' podcast now, I gotta follow your rules. Uh, what rules? This is extreme rules, which means uh, there are no rules. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the uh, the Down the Middle podcast we just did, um, there's going to be an Uno game at some point. The commissioner has to get the details ironed out, but Ben, the ref here, will be uh, defending his All Events Welcome Championship in an Uno game. Don't know everyone that's going to be part of it, but I will be there, and I'm going to get my belt back. And I'm going to be the first ever two-time All Events Welcome World Champion. He thinks so, but we'll see. I was supposed to be the first ever, but then Eric kept getting a lot better cards than me. Actually, the funny story is Sasha probably would have won that game, but she made a call in the middle of the game. You're lucky I wasn't there. You were supposed to be there. I know. I'm sorry. Technical difficulties happened for me not to be there. Anyway. He'll be at the Uno game because if he's not there, then there's no point. Well, don't show me forfeit. All, All right. right. So, thought we'd just do a really kind of just laid back, low key interview. So, to start things off, what's your favorite sexual position? <laughs> okay. Uh, no. No, I'm not familiar with that one. Is that like an is that like an abstinence thing? I, 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 that, that's that's just weird to start off an interview. So you declined to answer. Uh, yeah, obviously declined to answer. Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been sexually repressed? I'm kidding. Anyway, no, but for real, um, why don't you tell everybody kind of what your background is, your career highlights, if you will. Uh, like, like, what do you mean by that? wrestler you've been a referee okay um well i've been re wrestling since uh 97 98 
right around then for 20 plus years. Um, I refereed for about two, two and a half years. Um, I refereed from 2007 to 2009. And as most people, you know, especially when you work on the independent circuit, if you don't have a, if you're not making money on the independent circuit, like it's your full-time job, people who do work on the independent circuit also has real-time jobs. And, but when I was doing it, uh, I had full-time jobs, but I also had it to where I could do, be off to do shows and, and everything in that time period. So, but it got to the point to where I needed to actually make money, money. So in 2009, when I actually got a full-time job, I had to stop refereeing completely. And then I actually got to come back about a couple of, about two or three years later, I actually got to go back for a few shows to actually referee again. Especially in my especially in my local not Chevyville, but in Waldron, Indiana, from the school that I grew I graduated from to where I could actually referee in that town, which is a me even it's a big honor to referee in, especially in that in a town where you graduated from high school. Um but yeah, I've been I've wrestled for twenty plus years. Highlights um, that I've had is winning my world title for the first time. I remember it vividly. Um, a guy was wrestling, uh, tried to put me over to the walls of Jer Jericho, walls of Jericho, uh, crop busting crab, and then uh, his uncle, who's the silent owner. Um, Comes, shows up, comes down, pedigrees him, and pulls me on top of him, pins one, two, three, and then one of my buddies who's been with me since then, has been with me since then, uh, his name's uh, Roddy Moore, but in wrestling, he goes by uh, Hazard, or Kenny Has a Chaos, uh, was one of the first guys to come down and raise my hand and hand me the world title and all that stuff, so it's like one of my biggest, biggest accomplishments, and um, like I've gone through, I've gone through, um, I've went through every single backyard company there is imaginable in this in this town. Now, what organization it, was that? Were you going to first? Uh, that one was SBW, and then we just, like, we had SBW, and then, uh, my buddy, our buddy Roddy, he had his own company, so we pretty much joined those together. We formed. A uh, company called HCW. Well, uh, well SBW was Shelbyville Becker Wrestling. Then we had Hardcore Championship Wrestling, ironically enough. And, uh, you know, wrestled and everything else. And then we pretty much got to the point to where it was too much. And we had to go our own separate ways. And we had an actual draft, a legit draft, to where the owners, uh, which was Justin Parsley and Roddy Moore, they drafted people. Half went to his company, which is called NAW New Age Wrestling, which that was the only company I never wrestled for. And Justin's company, which is BYWE, coincidentally enough, Backyard Wrestling Entertainment. So NAW, like WCW, BYWE, WWE type of thing. And, um, you know, is wrestling there and everything and all that. And I, I, 
I'll admit it. Like I was not a good kid in school when it came to wanting to do studies. I wanted to more play instead of do my studies and everything. So I, I got held back in sixth grade and we, we've had this conversation with uh, Fletch, who's Josh, his name's Je- real name's Josh Fletcher, uh, who I started XCW with. Um, got held back in sixth grade and I met him. But uh, he liked wrestling I was, and likes wrestling and everything. I was like, so I invited him and a bunch of his buddies to BYWE and all that and realized they realized they weren't getting a fair shake. And I realized that too. Because the owner was pretty much the Triple H, Vince McMahon of the company, and legit real life too, that he just didn't want to push nobody to be the world champion. He wanted to make the same three people the top guys, and that was him, me, and another guy. And it's like, okay, you can't do that. You got to give everybody a fair shake. And that's when I started talking to him and uh, it was about December, November, December, 2002. And I was like, all right, we need to do something to actually, you know, be a boom. And we started talking about another kid by the name of Dylan Bostic, who wrestles on the independent circuit. Really? He's wrestling. What? Oh, because I know, I know Dylan Bostic. Yes. Dylan, I, I, Dylan Bostic, who was like 10 years old. When uh, we just, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious to think about. Yes, ten-year-old Dylan Boston. Um, uh, yeah, Dylan Boston who's wrestled all over the United States. He's wrestled for Championship Wrestling for Hollywood, uh, WWE, Ring of Honor, uh, AEW. He's been on there. Has he been on? Oh, what an AEW. Yeah, he was on a episode. He was on the AEW Dynamite from Indianapolis, Indiana. Yes, he was. He, he, uh, when Darby Allen faced John Moxley in the main event, uh, and they had a bunch of guys bringing out Darby Allen in a body bag. Dylan was there because we Dylan were both there. there. Huh? Because we were both there. Right. Dylan was one of the body bags. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, that's so the, cool. He was the guy, he was the guy up in front wearing a blue, like, jumpsuit type thing. Wrestling. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. But, a blue top and pants, blue pants, like sweatpants, and he was one of the first guys in front carrying them out and setting them down. Michael P. Like, do you you may not know this, but like, is he actually wrestling for them? No, he's not. Well, coincidentally enough, though, uh, I, I mean, he's posted about it on his Twitter and everything, and Instagram and social media, but he's actually he just finished uh, filming a movie. Really. So I don't remember what Zeko is called, but he's a henchman, a Russian henchman in this movie. And funny enough is I've known that guy since he's 10 years old, and I hope he doesn't talk in this movie because if he does, <laughs> it's very funny. Um, so speaking of Dylan Bostic, I want to know, because I, I don't know this for a fact. I've only heard rumors, but can you give us any information on the infamous Dylan Bostic yard sales? His what? The Dylan Bostic like yard sales, the garage sales. What do you mean by that? Oh, okay, you may not know. So some someone and I cannot remember for the life of me who it was. I overheard some people talking, and apparently 
for a time, Dylan was known to sell just about anything at his gimmick table. So they used okay. to call it. They used to call it. The, I guess they called it the Dylan Bostic Garage Sales. That's. I, I might need to ask him about that because that's new one on me. I always wanted to know if that was true or not, or if they were just like they weren't talking to me. I overheard it. So okay. I don't know. Well, I mean, I know he he does when he did come back to Chevyville to work wrestle here locally at the, the local shows that's now defunct. <clears throat> um, like he would sell promo pictures and stuff, but that yeah, but know. like at one point, I guess he was like selling random household items that were like his. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that uh, that I would not believe. So I first saw. Oh, I shouldn't say I first saw. I first heard of Dylan Bostic. I saw him there, but that was where I first heard of him. Was at a EWF show that I was filming. EWF Resurrection. He was in the first match. It was Dylan Bostic versus Scotty Young, and it was a really good match. What year? What year was that? I need to look at something, but I can tell you. Okay. Sorry for the technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. No, I've got to... I just had to pull up the DVD. Oh. Uh, 2011. Okay, way after my time. Yeah, way, way like, way long ago. Well, what's funny is me... that This is... That is... That, see, what's funny is we know exactly where me and him got uh, done stuff and everything. Yes, Billy Gunn versus Jake Gilman. Yep. Uh yeah. Is that is the that company is the company that we considered our home company when I was refereeing on the independence and he was wrestling because even though we're from here and we did stuff with the company here, uh, that was technically our home company because we wrestled and refereed there all the time for like two years and. We even branched out to other companies to work for all over Indiana and Ohio and Illinois. So when it comes to working, like we've been, we've done shows on, t on uh, TV over in Ohio. So like we know exactly like how stuff is going. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at. And we've worked in all types of rings too. Like, like for us, like we got a, 12 by 12 and we got a 16 by 16 ring well we've done the same thing at a show where it was a 12 by 12 ring which is very small but it's hard to do and we've even worked in a uh, six-sided ring oh, like old school tna yes and i will be the first to admit i i don't know how aj styles and a lot of them love that ring i understand why they do i'm not a fan I, 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 as a fan, I'm not. As a fan, it looks awesome. As a worker, it sucks. I can see that. I can't imagine there's a lot of give in those ropes. Uh, well, I always say it's not fun because you think that there's a lot more room yeah. because the extra two sides. But even then, it's like uh. But that's still it. That's still a 16 by 16. Well, it wouldn't be a 16 by 16 ring, but like, it's it's a weird not, number. Yeah. So like, I don't know the actual number for this, for the size, but like we we did that 
we did that show once and I'm like, it's like, okay, we did a six out of eight first for the first time. Cool. But it's one of those, it's like, um, type of things you sell. But, uh, not to get off track or anything, get back to what I was saying. Um, matter. There's but, no track for this one. No, I know. Uh, getting back to 2002, I was like, I was talking to, I was talking to Josh Fletcher. I was like, okay, you guys were shafted, and this is not the this is not the way to go. So we started. We first called uh, our company XPW, and then we, you know, was reading wrestling magazines or whatnot. We're like, oh, can't do that because there's an actual company at the time when ECW died. XPW Extreme Pro Wrestling, found by the porn guy. Um, I forget his name, but I know his wife was uh, Lizzie Borden. Coincidentally enough, who's also, anyways. Um, so we started, so we changed the name to XCW, and March 2003, XCW was born, and the rest has been history. But we all, we, we've always prided our company when we started this in 2003. Me, me and Josh are the, Two originals left when we start. We started this in 2003 and we're still there. And we've prided our company when we started this that we will give you a fair shake on what's on, on being in the company. And if you do right, we one day you will be champion. And that might, it doesn't matter what champion you'll be, you will be a champion, especially if you want to be the world champion, you will be it. We will not hold anybody down or anything else. Now, if you want to come in and think, okay, yada, yada, you want to make yourself like a joke, go somewhere else because we don't have time for that. So, but we like, we've had people come in and they just don't work out and they don't, they can't bump or can't do this, this, yada. It's like, okay, you're making yourself look stupid, you know, and that's not what we're all about. So, and we've had, like I said, we've had people come in that look like jokes and they don't get it and they leave. And then we've had people come in and it's like they still don't get it. But once they get put with certain people, then they're like, okay, I finally get it. And last year I had three guys and their names are, uh, I was, their names are Brogan, uh, their worker names are Brogan O'Shea, Brady Branson, and Evan Phoenix. Okay, I have been pushing for these three guys since they've debuted 2017, 2018-ish, um, to be world champions by a certain year. And last year, they were all the world champion. And last year was their year. And we've got a whole bunch of these new guys and everything. And uh, we st had this big backyard tourney to where... It was two other backyard companies that came in and joined with us. It was XJWA versus XCW versus FWL. And we had a thing called the United Backyard Tournament where we created our, our world title. Where um because I'm not I'm not the owner, I'm just one of the people who's who's in it to wrestle. Uh, like there's actual owners for all these companies, especially XCW, but um 
when they made this tournament to determine who's going to be the first ever United Backyard Champion of all three companies, I'm like, okay, it's like WrestleMania 4 and everything. And then next thing, I'm in the tournament. I beat the first guy. Okay, I go to the next guy. I win that one. I go to the third guy. I win that one. Next thing you know, I'm in the fourth match. And then I win that match. I'm like, holy shit, I feel like Randy Savage. Because I beat four guys to win the United Backyard title. Yeah. And but what's Afterwards. bad about it, after you won, did you snap into a slim gym? Uh, no, I didn't. I was just, I was <laughs> tired. I was worn out because it was a one day tournament. And like, there was no, there was no rest, relaxations. Like, so this one match is done. Start getting ready for the next match, start getting prepared and everything for that one to go in. But what's bad, what's bad of the whole thing, and I feel bad for this, and they didn't realize the fact the tournament was over, the show was over. I was like, you realize, uh, because my wrestling name is Genocide, which we know what that means. Um, I, I, I feel like Genocide when I went to this tournament, they're like, what do you mean? Well, I just beat two black guys, and I just beat two white guys, so what about? <laughs> they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I exterminated two races to win a world title. I wouldn't say exterminated two races per se, but yeah, I, I get where. But I mean, well, it, it's 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 wrestling, right? Right. And the thing is, right now is, right now I'm one half of the tag team champions, and I am one of the most over popular wrestlers we got right now. And my name is Genocide. Again, Sabu was homicidal and genocidal. And do what? Well, Sabu was homicidal, suicidal, and genocidal. Okay, but you got the I you got the idol, not actual the hide. Again, wrestling logic, I'm genocide. I should not be a good guy. I should always be a bad guy. Yeah, but again, wrestling logic, you know. I know. Um Razor Ramon was a baby face at one point. True. Um and he was a bad guy. Well, like I said, my career highlights, you know, I've won the world title nine, ten times. I've won the tag title 13 times. I've won the international title, intercontinental title type thing, like eight, seven, eight times, something like that. I mean, I, I've, I've got to win the tag titles with two out of the three, out of two out of the three of my bestest friends. And it's me, Josh Fletcher, Chris Jones, didn't get to win the uh, Roddy Moore Hazard, um, but we're called the Four OGs because uh, we're like the we're like the four horsemen of, of backyard wrestling. We're called the OGs of a reason because we're the four that was been wrestling since the late nineties. But the two of those are retired. It's just now me and Josh, but we got all these new guys coming in and. I I just I like them all. So like, our company has grown bigger and bigger and bigger every year since 2003. We go from wrestling on the ground at Martin States. Here's a funny story I got for you. Uh, 2003, we was doing a show, and then the police police got called on us. Funny enough, like police get called on us lots, but when they come though, they come to watch instead of instead of you know. 
there's been a couple times where they try to you know like all right calm it down or whatnot or they actually one time they kicked us out but we come back stronger than ever but the police came came and everything and they they uh see what was going on they turned the music down and then they walked away and they turned the music right back up i'm like what i'm like okay they're they're extra digging what's going on here so but do you have any do you have any current championships that you're that you actively have right now other than you know what the tag title I know you have. I know you have the uh, the all events welcome championship, but right. You have any wrestling championships? Yeah, I yeah I have. I still have the uh, XCW tag team title, which um, like I said, I've won that for thirteen times. I'm thirteen time tag team champion. Um, I, I'm known as the tag team specialist. So I I can I call myself. I, I, I'm going to admit this right now. And I've said this on free time interview and all this other stuff for XCW. Even though it, I even though I put I put it on a shirt that says I'm the best wrestler ever. I'm not the best wrestler ever. I'm not. I I, I suck compared to all the other people that can do what they can do. But everybody does believe in me, and there's days that it's like I shock myself for what I can do. So I, I'm known as the tag team specialist. I'm known as the person that can adapt to anybody's style and go along with it. And and some days I can outwork people. I it just it just boggles my mind that I can do it, but I can. Well, you got so. passion for it. Makes sense. So, I, I'm not. I, I base my wrestling, my wrestling style, off of Kurt Angle, off of Dean Malenko, off of Ric Flair, you know, off of, off of Chris Benoit. Oh, whoops, sorry, I, I said a bad word. I the apologize. Wrestling style, the wrestling style. So, like, I, I, I like the submission style type of thing that's that's me that's that's who i am i'm a wcw mark i i i think i think dean malenko should have been wcw world champion i really think he should have a lot of people would disagree with me on that because uh, but then again who is the man who was number one in the pwa 500 in 1997 not hogan not Bret hart not Shawn michaels not the undertaker it was dean fucking malenko that's how you really feel. <laughs> I'm just stating. Um, you mentioned that you'd been a, you were a referee for a while. Do you have any fun stories from the referee days? Um, well, well, um, I mean, there was. How can I put it? Um, I, I know I, the one of the best things that I ever did as a referee was, you know, I got to meet a bunch of WWE wrestlers, you know, former and Hall of Famers, all that stuff. And everybody knows that I, that I got to referee Jerry the King Lawler's match. And that's one of my biggest accomplishments in my, in, 
not only my career but my life because when you get to when you get to the pinnacle of refereeing, especially when I'd only I didn't even been in there a year yet refereeing, and I'm already refereeing Jerry Waller. And I, especially when he the pile driver is banned and I see him do it, not supposed to do it. I call for the bell and he gives me the pile driver. It's like one of the biggest joys and moments of my life. So the wrestling fans will understand that. <laughs> and, and getting to talk to him that day and everything was like one of the biggest joys of my life and everything and when uh, what, what's the the promoter Mr. Maples thought it'd be funny to say hey go tell him your last name which my last name is Kaufman and obviously the reason being is he drove another guy named Andy Kaufman and he's like go tell him your last name I'm like no I'm not gonna do that because be a little weird it's like I don't know. I don't know how he would take to that. And everything. So it's like I. I, I just. I, I want to bask in the glory of my moment that I got to power drive by him. Yeah, Mr. Maples pulled something similar to that on me. Um, While we were talking about PWF Resurrection, he and I had talked beforehand about wanting to get like interviews with the wrestlers, like before their matches, like promos, basically. And I'm like, cool, sounds great. Uh, just tell me where I need to be. And nothing ever got set up. But So I didn't get any interviews. However, I knew I wanted them, at least for the main event, which was Jake Oman versus Billy Gunn. So, but again, I've been given no direction, and I've been, I've been shooting the show. So after their match, I go up to the promoter, and I say, hey, man, um, like, do we want to get these interviews? Or and he's like, oh, yeah, just go in the locker room. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe something's set up. Nope, nothing's set up. So I have to <laughs> I have to go up to Billy Gunn, who is, if you're not a wrestling fan, you don't know, but the, he, he's, he's not a nobody. I'll put it that way. He's, he's, a, he's a very well-known name. And uh, I have to ask this guy, who I've never met, I'm not a wrestler, and I have to ask him to cut a promo because nobody told him. And I got to say, coolest dude ever about it. Because he just, and I got, I got to watch magic because he's like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's like, just let me know when you're ready. And I'm like, ready when you are, sir. And then he's just silent for a minute and then just snaps up and cuts a promo. Out of nothing. One take. Perfect. And then afterwards, he's like, waits a few seconds. He's like, that good? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And then I had to ask Jake to do one, too. Jake Oman, and he did a pretty good one. I mean, he did a really good one, too. And everybody was super chill. But I felt like a fucking idiot. What Was it in a... Um, if I can ask, was it in a uh, movie theater type building? No, it was in a gymnasium. Okay, okay. See, when I did shows uh, for Maples, it was a uh, he had he had his own building, is the old style movie theater type place. 
Now, was this in South Bend that you're talking about, or was this in Fort Wayne? Oh, neither. Oh, neither. neither. This is in Marion, okay. Indiana. Okay, because I went to a show up in South Bend, Strong Style Wrestling. Right. Their venue was interesting. It was like a, not a movie theater, but it was like a stage. But it was like a, a I don't really know how you can describe it, but it was, it was like really perfect building for a small wrestling show. Okay. It was pretty okay. sweet. Um, well, well, so what I, I've met Billy Gunn and he is a cool dude. I met Very him cool. at a, I met him at a actual NWA show, uh, in, in Indianapolis. Um, it was called Circle City Wrestling. And uh, this is just me being as a friend and me going with Josh, Josh Butcher. Uh, we went we went because it was, <clears throat> I if I would have thought about it, I would have tried to, you know, try to get, I'll try to pay for this as well. But my, my, my main, he went for China. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, she was there. The me going, me being the WCW NWA guy, I my thing was Road War Animal. So, especially when you, especially when you get a picture with them, you get to wear the shoulder pads and everything. So it's like, okay, this is like one of the biggest markout moments of all time. Is I get to wear a shoulder pads, take a picture with the Animal. This is awesome. And then next thing you know, they're talking about like. This was this is a surprise. Like, yeah, by the way, here's Billy Gunn. Kind of like, what? Billy Gunn's here? All right. Well, I'm here's where the rest of my money's going. Let's get a picture with him. Right. <laughs> it's it's so funny because now whenever I see uh because because when we did that show, Billy Gunn was kind of on a career low. Like he wasn't appearing on TV anywhere. This was I think this was after his TNA run. Um but then, like, he had a bit of a resurgence. Well, he didn't have a bit of a resurgence. He had a resurgence because he even he ended up back on WWE. Now he's with AEW. And every time I see him on TV, I'm just like, that's so crazy that I've been right next to him. <laughs> he's, a, he's a tall, he's a tall he's guy. He's a big dude. Right. Like, you don't I'm, – I'm telling you guys right now. Like, if you've never met, like – okay, this is going to sound so bad. But the AEW show in Indianapolis that we went to – like what struck me, and more than anybody, it was Trent Beretta. Um, I couldn't like fathom how small he looked. But Billy Gunn's the opposite. Right. Like Billy Gunn is he's 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 a big dude. And he's probably I'd say not average, but he's probably normal by like WWE standards. Well but a little bit well, taller, but... maybe, but well, what's funny though is if you look at the picture, if you ever see a picture with, of him and me, you can tell. I'm, I know I'm short and everything, and I, I'm, I'll admit it. You can tell he's like leaning down and everything's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm short. Thank you, love. So, so not only not only have you worked in the industry, but obviously you're a fan. So, gotta ask, who's your favorite wrestler, all time? Uh, all time now or right now? Hey, you know or... what? I'll I'll change it. Who's your Who's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? My Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Yeah. Okay, uh, my Mount Rushmore of wrestling is going to be the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Who should be on it? 
and as Hogan, Flair, um, Austin, and Rock. Didn't mention Jericho or Sting. I'm a little surprised. I thought for sure you were going to say Sting. Well, I, you're right, and I am a WCW guy and all that, but... No, I totally get it. I, I, I don't disagree. I thought for sure you were going to say Sting. And I feel like everybody says Jericho's the GOAT, and he is, but from a wrestler's perspective, he is. Right. But from general entertainment and fame, I think you're right on the money with those guys. The, those four are the Mount Rushmore, especially Hogan and Flair. They are the Mount Rushmore wrestling. I don't know. I would even make the argument that Rock and Austin are more so from an entertainment perspective. Because they were, I mean, they were on top when wrestling was just white hot. Right. And they were. No, you're going to say. In part because of them. No. Now you're going to say who my favorite wrestler of all time is? I'm going to say Hulk Hogan. Really? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. It's a tie. It's Hogan and Sting. It's Hogan and Sting. But I, I will admit this right now to everybody who's watching. I don't know if there is anybody watching right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will admit this. I didn't know who Hulk Hogan was until 94. When he came to WCW. Because... Well, well, that's right, because when I was born, my grandfather, up until 1993, when he passed away, all we watched was the NWA and WCW. That's all we watched. Me, him, and my uncle. So, and it's about 94 when he debuted the WCW, I'm like, oh, okay, here's somebody new. And then that's when I started getting more into, like, like it be more wrestling, and my grandmother would go to yards, would go to yard sales. My grandmother's a big yard sale fanatic, and that's my problem too. And she would find like wrestling videotapes at yard sales. Like she came home one time with the, uh, and I, I don't have them no more, obviously, because you know years go by and you lose things. But uh, she came home with WrestleMania three. Four and five. The VHS is still in their sleeves and everything. But what's funny is WrestleMania four, you opened it up because it was a double tape. You opened it up and like a little fold out thing was, was in it of like Hogan and Andre and stuff like that. And I'm like, and I'm watching these other, I'm watching this other stuff from the 80s of the WWF, WWE. Sorry, it's WWF. Worldwide Live Fun. Screw you. Screw you, Worldwide Live Fun. You only sued them because they had money. That's the only reason why you did it. I mean, that's true. But anyways, uh, it was the WWF, and I'm learning more about them and everything else. And then, you know, I, I go to one of the video stores here in, t here in town, which... Everybody knows back in the days, VHS, video stores, yada, yada, yada. That was back in my day. Yeah, I, just, I just showed how old I am. And uh, 
they, this video store had a good wrestling selection, and I find WrestleMania six because it had it, and I wanted to rent it because it had Hogan on it, and it was just a colorful artwork of the of the cover. It was Hogan and Warrior, and the Warrior with the face paint as well. I'm like, okay, and title the titles, especially the black heavyweight title, the yellow IC title, and for both belts and everything. I'm like, okay. And then by the end of the that pay-per-view, when I finished watching it, I was not a happy fan of Ultimate Warrior because I'm a Hulk Hulkamaniac and he beat Hulk Hogan and which is which is bad. As I'll, I'll admit this. I, I was very upset, even though I'm I'm a fan of Sting. I was very upset when Sting beat Hulk Hogan at Starcade '97. Yeah, Hulk Hogan is your favorite wrestler, it seems. Um, so as far as the product now, what's your favorite? What would you say is your favorite promotion to watch right now? If you had to pick just one. Um. That's hard because I watch clips of all of everything, but I like AEW because it's yeah. Everybody says it's WCW 2.0, and I understand why they say that. But I like. I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm not saying I'm a Jim Cornette guy. You know, okay. I like Jim Cornette because of what he is of the old school, especially manager and everything. But he also needs to realize this is 2021. Need to change it up because not wrestling is going to be the wrestling of the old. Wrestling no, is for I think a lot of that is just Jim Cornette not, not trying to get ratings. I, I think he knows that, but people don't want to see Jim Cornette. People don't want to hear Jordan, Jim Cornette talk about how great wrestling product is. People want to hear him bitch and have conniption fits. Right, and I understand that, but I think it goes along with the fact of, you know, like, I, I think we talked about this on, uh, down, down the middle. I think we, I think it was you and I talked about this, or I talked about this with somebody about how, to me, a finishing move should be a finishing move. Not like the one winged angel. Okay, right. Because nobody's kicked out of it. Well, okay, Okada's kicked out of it, but I think that's the only person. Well, but my thing is, like, everybody uses the super kick. Yeah, that's a finishing move. Well, okay. Everybody uses the ace crusher. The RKO, the the diamond cutter. Okay, that's 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 where I'm getting. I know you. I know that sounds weird. But if you go back to a PWG event and you type in some of Ace Crusher and everything, the whole they did like a whole sequence of Ace Crushers. Okay, type yeah, of yeah. But that's PWG. I mean, okay. I I know, and I get it. And that's that's not that's style. But you know, it's like I'm more I'm old school plus new school. No, I, get I know what you're saying. saying. Yeah, and I agree with you on the finishing moves. Um, even in WWE for a while, it was getting to where everybody was just kicking out of everything and everybody was doing everything and it didn't really. Or, like, I, I think it was Jim Cornette who said, 
I'm pretty sure it was Jim Cornette. He's like, I remember when the DDT was a finisher. Yeah, now it's just a... Which really, that's that's a really good one to talk about because, I mean, if you really think about if you actually perform that on somebody, like, you they're not die. getting up. They're not getting up. Right. I'm not saying, like, you could die, but... Then, no, then, well, you well, could. Depending on how you landed, you could. Okay. What's, what's funny is I actually say I say that. It reminds me of this... Uh, oh, what was that show? It was Beyond Belief, back to fiction. Uh, Jonathan Franks, yeah, who, uh, uh, yeah, was uh, one of the on Star Trek, Captain Riker. That's it. My nerd, my nerd just came out. <laughs> I'm a Star Wars guy too. Leave me alone. Yeah, it's, a, it's okay. I we we all know who uh, Commander Riker is. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> um he actually, they actually did a thing on there with the uh, a wrestling move with the wrestling match and everything. The person that was doing the move was Terry Funk, and uh, he kept DDTing some guy like over and over and over and over and over. Like he kept doing it, doing it, doing it. like, okay, how many times are you gonna get this guy to DDT? And the next thing you know, as soon as the match is over, like he's dead. Like, well, of course he's dead. You're going. You just drove his head into the mat like so many thousand times, and like there's so much blow you can land on that mat with that much padding. Yeah. Well, and I'm even talking about like in the context of an actual like fight. Like I just think about that, and like if you actually drop somebody on their head like that, which if they wouldn't, in all likelihood, they probably wouldn't go full vertical, but their face would go right into the ground. Like. They're not getting up. Like you're probably not gonna kill them, but I mean you might. It depends on how they land, but like they're like they're a, not gonna get up. Like a Raven DDT or a Jake Roberts DDT. Yeah, yeah. Like, or even I mean, okay. Here's one to think about: if you were able to pull off doing something to the effect of a tornado DDT, like from that kind of distance, like right. that, you might kill somebody. Right. You're you're definitely possibly gonna paralyze somebody. Like it's it's a nasty thing. Oh, and then moves like the bulldog too, like the running bulldog. Like you're not gonna get up from that. I mean, you might get up, but I mean, you're gonna be fucked up. Well, you say that, and it reminds me of what uh, <clears throat> what Scott Steiner did. That uh, Scott Steiner, sorry, Rick Steiner did to uh, Buff Bagwell on the Thunder. He, he he severely messed his neck up when he did a um, the bulldog from the top rope, and when he, when he went down, he yeah, it's like yeah, and that was you know something where these two are both trained, and obviously you're trying to protect yourself, and but shit happens, but that's in a controlled environment, right? I will say I will say one thing though I've. Uh, I freak a lot of people out when I do this. Um, I've never actually done it to completion. Like, well, no, actually, I have. I take that back. We've used uh, mats before, but I can do a pretty mean German suplex. <laughs> and I've done that. I've done that in Krav Maga classes before, where like we'll be sparring. I don't do this when we're 
full contact sparring, but I do this when we're light sparring and just trying stuff out. Every time somebody does a anything where they turn, I run up and get a bear hug, and I'm just around them, and I'm like, all I got to do is pop my hips. And this fucker's gone. <laughs> like, this dude's flying. So we did it. We did it one day, and I actually threw a motherfucker. I felt bad. I didn't. Uh, he almost missed the mat. I did not intend for that to happen. But I'm I'm no I'm known as what is, what like I said I base my stuff like angle on all of them, and I actually um, there's times where I will do the uh, trifecta. Oh, three amigos. Well, well yeah, I know it's the trifecta but of the sure. Germans. I do, yeah. Yeah. What? What? No, what was you gonna say? I was just gonna say what I'm getting at is like when you're watching a wrestling match, it doesn't look that bad, but that's a nasty thing to do. Like, it's rough. I mean, because you are literally, for those of you who don't know, German suplex. You're behind somebody. You wrap your arms around their waist or midsection area and you just basically lift them back and you can release and throw them or in wrestling you they'll, they'll typically keep it held and hold it and then try to go for a pinfall but well sometimes when I do do it depends on who it is is if like I will know for sure if I do want to go for the trifecta or not because I've done it to where like I, I'm in a ladder match Typical in me, who's always in a ladder match that I never win, henceforth money in the bank. I'm cursed when it comes to that damn match. I've been in every money in the bank we've had, and I've always lost. And it's, yes, yes, yes. Um, anyways, what you're saying is that if somebody wants to wrestle you, they should challenge you to a ladder match. Money in the bank, I've lost. My other ma- ladder matches, I win. <laughs> So don't challenge him to a ladder match unless it's money in the bank. Right. Um, but I've done I've done the spot where with Kurt Angle can you know run up the ropes and everything in the corner and then do like the angle slam or whatnot. Okay, I've had, yeah, yeah. There was a few a couple of times where I've like climbed up a ladder, ladder grab, grab and then go. And go. Ooh. Oh, but oh. we landed fine. Well, yeah, but it still sucked, I'm sure. Yeah. More of them than me. More of them than me, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, uh, I, w- I will say a lot of people... <laughs> like, if you watch some of my matches, especially here lately, um, like, our next show, um, I don't know exactly when it's supposed to be up. Uh, it's called XTW Allegiance. Uh, that's our last show we just did. Where elite, where it's basically a Survivor Series type sh- type show, type ma- uh, type match, five on five, and um, for those for those that don't know, explain what a Survivor Series match is. Uh, Survivor Series matches depends on like what is who is in it. It can be four on four, five on five, elimination style type matches, and sometimes it could be uh, like they did in the first ever Survivor Series in eighty. 80- Seven is a seven because I remember it was uh, Andre the Giants team against Hogan's team, and what's funny is it didn't end with Hogan as a survivor. Hogan was eliminated, and Andre beat 
the last member of Hogan's team, which was Bam Bam Bigelow, which is weird. With that little uh, uh, tight suplex type thing that Audrey did, um, which is the way he beat Hogan for the title in Indianapolis, Indiana, February 12th, 1988. Damn, in my years. There's been some pretty interesting wrestling moments in Indianapolis. There's that one. There was, uh, that's also the only place in history where a WCW contracted wrestler wrestled a WWF contracted wrestler for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. And I think that was Taz and Mike Awesome. No, right. Mike Awesome versus Taz. But I was trying to think where that point where that was at. It was in Indy. It was in Indianapolis. Right. I was, thinking, I was trying to think. Oh, of the, the building. The building. Um, yeah. I could not tell you that. Um, I think it was one of those low key buildings that like fans play in. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. I, 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 I'm picturing. I'm picturing the building. I'm picturing the name. I just can't say it. Um. Yeah, we've had some good moments, and we've also had some bad moments. Like, look at Sid Vicious in his leg. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, but like I was saying, uh, I, I'm, like I said, you know, like player and everything, and Linko, my style, I, I, a lot of people say I have one of the, okay, you, you see my hand, right? You see my hand. You see me, in per- you obviously see me in person. My hand. Small hand. Um, ask anybody in my show. Like if you ever, if you yourself, sir, ever do come to a show, ask anybody, and they'll say who who one of the hardest people to chop is, to give a chop. They will say me. Because when I chop, I chop like Crispin Wall or Ric Flair. It sounds like a gunshot. And especially, like I said, the last couple of shows, it's been they've been red hot and everything because we've got fans because we do it in our in the backyard and everything. But like the backyard is full, like full, like we got a bunch of people there to watch, and everybody's hyped up because the five on five is uh, it's me and my tag partner, tag champs, and Corey Lee and Chris Jones and uh, the returning DJ Walbert against. Vengeance, which is Fletch, Venom, Tommy Merriman, and Violent Ending, which is Cole Harder, JJ Kelty, and Jay Ellis, which is the opposite team. And that was the main event. And uh, I, I, I got him wrestling Jay Ellis, and I've got him in the corner. And I, I always do two chops. Two. That's it. And that's, I, I'm like Big Show when it comes to these chops. I do the sh- as soon as I do that, everybody shuts up. Chop. Little shirt over the face. Do it again. Everybody shuts up. As soon as I get them both, they're like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> so. Huh? No more chops. No, no, no. Like, we're done. So. That it, should be that should be an event when you're, you're no longer champion. Is whoever can take the most chops from them gets the title. I say we do it. No. No. There's a fight. 
No, no. Because <laughs> I like you, Jake. I like you. I like Eric. But I can't. The what? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I was going to say, you can give me, like, work chops. They can... No, I don't work chops. <laughs> I, I, I'm i sorry, but if I chop, I'm not. I, I can be light with chops, but it's one of those things that's like... I like forearming, and I like chopping. And if I chop you, it's hard for me to hold back on chop. But if everybody's saying... Is there people still in the chat? Uh, I mean, there's people watching, but nobody's chatting right now. All right. Tell me right now. Do you want me to chop Jake? When we do no, the for the belt. For the belt, sir. <laughs> I'm not just going to get chopped for no reason. Why not? I, for, first of all, I've already done that, and it wasn't fun. Um, okay. Okay, but you're not for me. I know, but if I if I take chops from you, I want I want something for it. I want to win the belt, damn it. Well, that's why the, we're doing the Uno thing. I'll oh, I know. One... It, it, we can only do it when you're not champion. If you're not I'll champion. Give... All right, let's be fair. I'll give you one. Wait, no. We This has changed. <laughs> I said this should be an event for the belt. <laughs> and I didn't even necessarily say I was going to be part of it. <laughs> I'm just saying. And homeboy over here just wants to chop me. I'll chop you. And, I'll chop you and our our other producer here, Eric. Do what? We'll, 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 we'll talk about that. Maybe maybe we'll do it as a like if we get X number of subscribers thing. I'll take a chop for that. It, it's just it's just one one time one time only. I'll we'll, we'll do like a little fun thing with it. Yeah, yeah, so, I'll do right. that if we get if we get we'll we'll figure something out, but we'll we'll do it. I'll take a chop for more subscribers. More subscribers? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. But people gotta people gotta subscribe. So if you wanna see well we'll we'll come out with some details, but if you wanna see me take a chop, then we'll 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 figure something out. But it'll be X number of subscribers, probably on both channels, because I'm only six away from hitting a thousand on my channel and then need to get some more subscribers on the average intelligence podcast so we'll, we'll figure something out oh by the way eric you're watching he just screwed you up for this so just so you're aware again i didn't say he was gonna do it i said you both again i didn't say we were gonna do it i said it should be an event and wow, you you changed your tune real quick from being like, no, I don't want to chop you. Now you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna chop you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just like chop. I just like to chop. He just likes chopping. Oh shit. Well, I guess I'll ask you one more question. And we can wrap it up. Um, I mean, I guess explain to people why wrestling is awesome and why they should all watch it. Okay. Um, wrestling is awesome and why you should watch it is because everybody gets everybody okay everybody had like okay the, I'm not I, you got me the last word for this one I'm trying to see how I can explain it I'm going to split okay like this I'm wearing a shirt wearing a Power Rangers shirt this is fantasy, okay? 
I, I, I love the Power Rangers. It's one of my things that I love, that I've loved since my, since I was a kid, that I, I like watching Power Rangers. Because I, it's my way of liking my own superheroes. Re- wrestling, it's like you got police officers. They're, they're considered superheroes. You got firefighters. They're considered superheroes. You got your favorite basketball player or football player. You know, stuff like that. Or you got your favorite superheroes in like Marvel and DC. Everything, you know, that you got all that, but you only get so much of that. Which with wrestling, you get 300 plus days a year. Which that's where you can see your favorite superheroes and your um, your villains. You know, your bad guys, your bad girls. Uh, your good guys, your good girls, and all that stuff. You see that 300 plus days a year compared to seeing basketball, which is like a season, a baseball season, and you always see like so many odd movies and TV shows of, you know, stuff like that. And I was born in 1988. I've been on this earth for 33 years. I watched wrestling since I was two years old. And I've loved wrestling every damn minute of it. Every damn minute of it. I like watching it. I like. I know who my superheroes are. I like who my villains are. And to be honest, I I love being a hero and a villain. When it comes to being in the show, I like. I like when people cheer, and I like that when they boo me as well. So. I can be a good guy or I can be an asshole. Take your pick. The best part about it is, is that can change like that. As evidenced by The Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania. 18. Yep. I was just testing you. I was like about, I was literally about ready to say 20, but I'm like, I know that's wrong. I'm pretty sure it's 18. No, because The Rock uh, wrestled in a handicap match. The Rack Suck Connection versus Evolution. At WrestleMania 20. Huh? At WrestleMania 20. Yes. Yeah. All right, that, sir. Well, this that, was fun. I was going to say before we end this, uh, that's the night that uh, you did go watch it on the network, which can't watch it on the network no more because it's on Peacock now. Um, Peacock. But on the network, it uh, it says it said the main event was. Undertaker and Kane, even though you go to the next chapter, you got fast forward after that, and there's the main event. But that's because of the man who should not be named. So. Well, this was fun. Um, hope everybody enjoyed the double podcast night because there we did it down the middle before this, and then we jumped over here. Um, that should Both of these should be live for review tomorrow, so uh hope you enjoy them everybody please remember to like share and subscribe both channels tell your friends tell your family tell the people you meet on the street randomly watch both these shows because they're awesome and then tell everybody where they can check out xcw uh you can go to uh go check out xcw on uh on uh on YouTube at XC Wrestling One, or you can check them on on their site XCWrestling.com/slash Wix 
I'm sorry. I'm not the good one when it comes to the website. My, the, our announcers are more good with the site. If you type in XCW Shelbyville on your, on Facebook, uh, it should pop up. Or if you go to Google, type in XCW Shelbyville, it'll pop up. Check them out. Pretty cool stuff, and always a pleasure, Ben. Um, I think it'll be not not this coming Sunday, but the next Sunday is our next podcast, I believe. Correct? Uh, yes. And then, as always, you can catch the Average Intelligence Podcast every Wednesday at nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't know what we're going to be doing next week for you, but I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. If you liked this kind of interview thing, let us know, and we'll figure out a way to do more of them. But until then, enjoy, everybody enjoy your life, and we'll see you next week.